Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to another episode of Crushing Cashflow. We've got a special guest today that really needs no introduction, but in case you're living under a rock, we've got the one and only Gino Barbero from the from the power duo, Jake and Gino. Uh, so the, both the, the power duo, Jake and Gino, have amassed a portfolio of over 1,600 multifamily units and over $100 million in assets under management, so lots of work being done. And host one of the top multifamily real estate podcasts on iTunes. I've been doing, I think, for what, four or five years now, right? Five years, almost five. 3 million downloads. So wow, one of the OGs, one of the OGs. <laughs> so they've also, which I think, aside from, you know, obviously crushing it out there in the multifamily game, what I think is really cool and really unique, they've created this really fantastic community, the Jake and Gina community, to teach others a three-step framework, buy right, finance right, and manage right, and to become the multifamily entrepreneurs. So I think giving back is a huge part of this and what sets you guys apart from others that are out there. So welcome to the show, Gina. Thanks so much for joining Thank you for having me on, Andrew. It's a pleasure, dude. Fantastic. So, you know, normally I'd say, I think we've covered and beaten to death why multifamily is so great. What's unique about your strategy? How do you guys go about it? You've got, you've got the reps under your belt. What's unique about how you guys go about this? Well, there's nothing about reinventing the wheel. I think the first thing, Andrew, that everyone needs to understand, I've had the podcast for five years. I'm still learning how to become a better presenter. I'm still learning how to create my stories. I'm still learning how to be eloquent on camera and have the right positioning and have the right tone and inflection and all that. And my point is, it's really the long game. It's really reinvesting in yourself, reinventing yourself, and really having the growth mindset. We have the 100-year real estate investor. We've created that brand. But with, with Jake and myself, we started back seven, eight years ago. We were buying deals ourselves. There's no syndication out there. There was, but it, it was... It was really minor. There was no money out there. There was just deals out there. And as you progress through the market cycle, things begin to change. We were joking off camera before. There's not much cash flow in deals right now. Yeah, but we're, we're, there is capital appreciation, right? And there's a lot of money out there. So for me, I guess what's unique about us is we've been able to pivot. We, we've done a couple of syndicated deals. We've done a couple of creative finance deals, owner finance deals. We've bought a lot of deals ourselves internally. We've refinanced and rolled over $15 million out of our portfolio into the next deal. So for anyone out there, the first thing, if you're in multifamily, just figure out what your criteria is. Figure out what you're trying to do. I mean, Andrew's got an amazing job. Maybe he doesn't want to leave his corporate job yet. Maybe he wants to stick into that, but do multifamily. Find out what your superpower is. He's got his superpower. He's raising capital. Maybe yours is being the deal dog, getting on the ground, the boots on the ground, looking for the deals. Maybe you're the asset manager. Maybe you are the bird dog where you're finding the deals and underwriting the deals. Maybe you're the one who's raising the capital. Whatever that may be, you can start off doing that. Or if you're a young person, you want a house hack, get into a duplex, four unit, do that. There's so many different ways of getting into it. Jake and I only thought of one way in the beginning. That's why we created Jake and Gino. 
Let's just get deals ourselves and we'll do it ourselves. And, you know, if you want to work 70 hours a week, plus in the beginning, that's what Jake and I did. He was a pharmaceutical rep. I was the pizza guy. We're doing the gig part-time and multifamily is great for that. You can buy a 25 unit like we did and still have your jobs and still continue to do it all by yourself. But we had the vision of getting out of our corporate grinds and small business grinds and get into it full time. That's why we said short-term pain, for the long-term gain. And that's what multifamily is all about. And I think that's what any business is all about, really getting yourself immersed, putting the time and effort into it, and then knowing exactly what you want to get out of it. If it was for me, if my goal for me was to, you know what, I'm going to do, you know, continue to run my business, but I want multifamily on the side. I probably would have gone more of the LP passive investing side and not become an operator, but I didn't want that. I wanted to make this my full-time gig. Absolutely. And I think one, I want to hit on one of the things you said earlier about, you know, cash flow being limited, that it's a very competitive environment today. And it's probably the opposite of when you guys started, when there was tons of deals, lack of capital. Now there's lot, lots of capital and maybe not mm-hmm. so many great deals. What, what are the keys to success for you guys to winning bids in a very competitive market today? Well, the first thing we had Brian Burke on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. I think he's going to launch next week. And he's, you know, he's a bigger pockets contributor. He syndicated thousands of units. Great. He offer. started yeah. out. I mean, yeah, he started out buying single family homes and he had the epiphany of multifamily. But what he said to me was pretty interesting on the show. How are you underwriting deals? If you're younger, maybe you don't look for that cash flow. Jake and I love to say, if it don't cash flow, let the grass grow. We'd rather buy a couple hundred units a year and really make them count and you know, net $150 per unit per door per year, that per month. That's what, that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you're out there syndicating and you want to scale up and get thousands and thousands of units, maybe you, you adopt the model of, hey, I don't need that cash on cash return. I'm a little bit younger. I'm not living off of that yield. Maybe I'll go for that cap appreciation in three or four years down the road where I can get that cap appreciation. I don't need the cash flow because the cash flow doesn't make you rich. You can leave your job with the cash flow. The equity keeps you out of your job and that cap gain keeps you out of your job. But you do need the cash flow to pay the bills and to put some money in your pocket. So there's the irony. So figure out what you're looking for. For us, we pass on a lot of deals because it doesn't make sense. I don't want to get a two or 3% cash on cash return. You know, first year and a half, two years of holding the deal. There's a lot of risk. A lot of things need to happen to go right. You need to have continued rent growth. You need to have continued stability. You have a recession, all of a sudden rents drop. What happens? Your whole model goes to crap. So for us to be able to bid deals, you have to be competitive. You have to be really quick with these brokers. You have to build rapport. You have to have credibility. That's why we do these podcasts, right, Andrew? We're on here showing that we're part of trying to be thought leaders in the space, trying to give back. But at the same time, when brokers hear you, when investors hear you, when other sellers hear you, they know that you're not fooling around, that you're a serious person. Absolutely. 100% truth to everything you said. So let me, let me, I want to pick your brain on one other thing too. You see a lot of you know, would-be syndicators, they get, they get burned out looking for multifamily, they start to shift or pivot towards or another niche. Maybe it could be student housing. It could be uh, you know, another popular one, self-storage, mm-hmm. senior care. What are your thoughts on, do you stick with the niche or do you try to diversify or pivot? Mm, that's a tough question. You know, I was just thinking, talking about it with Jake. I mean, Rent to own right now, those single family rent to owns, that's a really hot space. And who would have thought three years ago, I had the opportunity to get into that. I'm like, you're going to buy single family homes and you're going to sell them and manage it. But you look at the model now, it's unbelievable. I think for long-term, if you're looking at this as a long-term five, six, 10, 15 year endeavor, stick with multifamily because it's really a basic human need. The demographics are there. You've got half the population is either millennial or baby boomer. And what are they doing? They're not buying homes and they're selling their homes. So one of them can't afford to buy a home yet. 
they're having babies at a later age. So that means their household formation is later. So they're not, they're actually not buying homes. So they're continuing to rent. There's not enough supply of new homes on the market anyway. So it's forced them to continue to rent. And then the baby boomers, they're downsizing 10,000 baby boomers a day. They're turning 65. Those people are buying RVs. They're selling their McMansions and they're renting. That's what's going on. I love the space. And, and almost all the other asset classes, we had a gentleman on our podcast I think last week he was talking about self-storage. He's in secondary and tertiary markets right now. That that whole sector is a little bit more fragmented. There's a lot more mom and pop yeah. operators in there. So there's more, more to consolidation in that space. But that is truly a business. That's a that's a you know 12-month kind of thing where it's a constant turn. You can get those little value ads, but that that is going the way of multifamily. I just love multifamily because you need it. You, you just need a place to live. Now, if you want to do other niches, just don't. Be careful because a lot of people, what they do is one day it's multifamily, the next day it's crypto, the next day it's single family homes, and the next day it's something else. You will never be successful doing that. You'll be a dilettante at everything and you won't be a master at anything. Stick with something for a couple of years because you're going to need to build those relationships. You're going to need to understand where your market is. You're going to need to build up a database of investors. That takes a little time to get going on. And sometimes we forget you know, I've been, like I said, I've been doing a podcast for five years. It took a long time to get that traction. And unfortunately, this is how life is. Constant, constant. Then you get the hockey puck. Then all of a sudden you wake up one day, you got 3 million downloads. It's like, it took me forever to do that. But that's, that's how it is in in, in any endeavor, in any niche. And I think multifamily with the tax benefits, with the way demographics are going, it is, it is expensive right now, but I still think if you stick with it long-term, you'll have a lot of success in the space. I always thought it, I mean, I always like the idea of going into, if you're going to pivot, going to an adjacent space, right? Maybe mm, yes. use the same sub-market, which you know yep. the area, you've already got relationships with brokers and say, hey, maybe maybe self-storage makes sense. It's, it's kind of yes. related, similar profile of investment, similar risk, you know, similar needs, similar demand. You don't want to just jump into like, hey, let me get, like you said, crypto is like totally, <laughs> completely yes. unrelated. It's almost yes. like- Well, development's a big thing right now. Everyone's throwing around development and we're looking to develop also. But that's another one where you, you know, we're going to test the water. We're going to do a 30 or 40 unit development and then go bigger. But that's a much bigger time frame. That's a 24 to 36 month commitment. Great. You buy the land, you have the bank, you know, go out and finance the entire, entire property, but you're not getting cash flow for the first 24 months. It's a different model. So if you're going to go into anything, test the waters. Our first deal, like I said, was a 25 unit property. It was me, Jake, and my brother. It was great for us because we could understand that it wasn't huge. It wasn't sexy, but that 25 units led to 36 units. And that 36 units led to 136 units. And that's how I think most people become successful. They don't go down and take a 300 unit deal. They've never done one. And it's like, well, how the hell do I manage this thing? That's not how reality happens. We all start small, but we learn. We want that proof of concept because behaviors are belief driven. If you can believe you can do something, then damn, you're going to be able to do it. If you take down a 20 unit, you go, that wasn't that hard. Why not a 40 unit? And then 40, 40 wasn't hard either. And then you'll see the progression as you continue. Fully agree to that as well. So let's talk about funding. I mean, one of the obstacles that, you know, I talked to a lot of new guys are wanting to start up saying, Hey, I'd love to get into a deal. I know, I know lots of people. I've got a wide network, but I'm just kind of, it's hard to get over that hump of, of, of pitching to investors or would be investors. Mm. What, what's your top piece of advice for, for locking in private funding? This is another avenue where I think the first thing people need to do is to, well, I love Warren Claff. I mean, if anyone's ever heard of Lauren Claff with, with, you know, I forgot to pitch anything. He wrote another book. We've had him on the show as well. What you need to do is you need to understand when you're speaking to somebody about raising capital, we're going from our neocortex 
to the person's crock brain. Let me get the analytical for a second, because this is really yeah. important. Because what happens is I'm going to talk to Andrew about multifamily and I'm going to hit him up. Andrew, multifamily, 8% preferred rate of return. I mean, it's a great niche. Well, and all of a sudden, Andrew's like, what's this dude trying to sell me? Basically, all you need to do is you're going from your crock brain to his crock brain. Make it interesting. Make it exciting. Make it something different. And I would say to Andrew, something like this about multifamily, you know, it's a basic human need. It's food, clothing, and apartments. That's what, that's what multifamily is really all about. You know, you see all these big buildings all over the place. Andrew, we could own a piece of that. It's called syndication. Would you want to be part of that? You want to get off that roller coaster ride of the stock market. He seems down 700 points two days ago. Why? Because a stupid tweet from Elon Musk, whatever, there's no control there. With multifamily, we have control. I think that's how you start out, right? You start out by that. Then you maybe make him hear a bit of bit of news. What I've done is I've written books. So I'll send somebody a book that I've written or a podcast that I've done. Let them listen to me speaking about it. Let them listen to you speaking about it. And I think also when you're raising capital, we always come from the perspective of what we need. Look at what the person alongside you or beside you needs. I would ask Andrew, do you trust me? Do you know me? And can I help Andrew? That's the most important thing. If, if I can't help Andrew, then why am I trying to pitch him or try to recruit him to get into one of my deals? You need to know what Andrew's goals are. You need to know if Andrew's willing to keep his money with me for the next 36 months. You need to make sure that Andrew understands the business of multifamily before you say, hey, Andrew, I've got a great deal for you. Give me 50 grand. You're offering him an amazing opportunity to get into a, an asset class that's stable, I want to say, I don't want to say it's inflation resistant, but you see what's going on with inflation. These assets are inflating because there's a lot of lending going on and the dollar's losing value and it's a hard asset. So you start that conversation off that way, but let people know what you're doing. That's the other thing. If you don't let them know what you're doing, they'll never ask and they'll never be curious, but don't hit them with all of those things. Just hit them slowly and then see how you can help them. Especially the technicalities. You jumped into like, I love, love the 8% prep, 18% RRR. And people are like, well, wait, hang on a second. I'm not, I'm not, especially if you're not a finance guy. I mean, that's just yes. not, not the way to get into it. So mm -hmm. again, great stuff. So I'm glad you mentioned uh, your, your new book. I read your old book, which is phenomenal, by the way. Tell us about your latest and greatest. Well, we've got Creative Cash. Uh, this was written by our coach, Bill Ham. This is a great book. I love this. He, he Bill wrote this over 10 years ago and he rewrote it, put a lot of other stuff in. And, and for me, it's for, you know, for operators out there who are trying to get a multifamily and don't have funds. I don't have the money. Learn how to become creative. There's a lot of stuff in here. We talk about the three pillars of real estate. We talk about the spy technique. We talk about master lease options, seller financing, all of these different strategies that any beginning investor should know. And like I said, it's only one tool in the toolbox. We've got syndication. That's another tool in the toolbox. JVing, partnering, that's another tool in the toolbox. So when you're underwriting a deal, if it doesn't work, traditionally, hey, well, let's try to see if owner financing works. And that's what's great about this book. It gives you the ideas and it gives you the way that you can structure a deal to see if it will work. And owner financing, I thought it was going to come back sooner. I thought, you know, you see debt. We always say debt is a circulatory engine of the economy. We thought that was going to pull back, you know, with all these reserves coming on from Freddie and Fannie, and it sort of didn't. And they're yeah. still lending. They'll drop their LTVs from 75 to 70 or 65. What that does is it hurts cash on cash. You got to come up with more money down. So that's what people do. But I think sooner or later, when debt does pull back, interest rates do go up. It becomes harder to finance these deals. Bridge, bridge financing has really stepped in. That's what's amazing about capitalism and, and free markets. When you've got a problem back in 2015 and 2016, community banks 
We're doing phenomenal. Well, what does Freddie do? Comes out with the SBL program. It destroys community banks for a few years. Now community banks are back. They're getting really aggressive. They got 30-year AMs. Some of them are even doing non-recourse and that's what ends up happening. So the market recalibrates. And a lot of these deals we're looking at, they're below stability. They're below 90% economic occupancy. So what does that mean? You can't use traditional Fannie and Freddie agency financing. So what happens is Bridge steps right in and says, we'll give you a great product. We'll give you interest only for 24 to 36 months, non-recourse. We'll give you great interest rates. So there's always a way that the market, if we allow itself, it will find a way. And that's why I thought this book would be really prevalent, but it, it hasn't yet, but it's still a technique that we should all learn to, to use in the, in the space. Absolutely love it. <clears throat> so We've covered a lot of material here in the last few minutes. Uh, there's there's a lot more you guys have to offer as your power duo. Ship, how, you know, what are the next steps? Somebody wants to get in touch with yourself and Jake. Uh, how do they get in touch with you? How do they learn more about your program? Learn about your books? Just just generally to chat, learn about the podcast. What what are the best steps to connect? With best you? thing to do is just go to jakeandgino.com. You'll see all the different podcasts out there. And the other thing is, if you want to copy of the book PDF, just email me gino at jakeandgino.com. I'll just shoot you a PDF copy of the book. It's an awesome book. And, you know, also the honeybee. I mean, we didn't speak about the honeybee, but the honeybee is another great book because it's complimentary streams of revenue. I mean, we're talking about how to multifacet multifamily and become an entrepreneur in the space. You know, for me, it's not just the investment. It is the education piece. It's the syndication piece. And there's so many different facets to multifamily to creating a business. So the honeybee is a great book for anybody out there who is an entrepreneur who's looking to scale their business. That's a really generous offer. So you said email you. What's the best email to contact in case somebody's lazy, doesn't want to go to the site? How, what's a direct path? <laughs> Just hit, yeah, hit me, Gino at jakeandgino.com. That's G-I-N-O at jakeandgino.com. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, man. It was a quick, uh, great overview of the two topics. It blasted right through. And uh, again, follow up with Gino if you want to learn more. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it. No problem, buddy. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.